the things that I now share that help them are, I want you to tease the fuck out of me. So make me beg for it. I don't want you to touch me for the first 10 minutes that we're in bed together. That could mean like you hovering your hands over my vulva, you breathing down the side of my neck. Like I'm getting turned on just talking about it. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production. Hello, That Sex Chick listeners. I'm so happy to be here today. We're doing another takeover, and it is me, Brinsky, and the lovely Serena Rose. Hi, Serena. Hello, Serena Roski doesn't sound as glowing <laughs> as Brinsky does. I don't know. I kind of like Roski. <laughs> Hi, listeners. We're really excited today. We're going to do something a little different. So, um, Alexa and Jordan are in full wedding preparation right now. They are like at max capacity. They're building dance floors. They're trying to run a business. And also not totally lose their shit with all the people coming in town and like all these amazing, yet I'm sure very stressful things they've had to do um, in preparation. And so Serena and I thought it would be super fun to come on, have our own show, help Alexa and Jordan out, but also just have a really juicy conversation between two women that love sex, that are navigating their own sex lives. And we thought we could give you a sneak peek behind the curtain of what our sex lives look like and the development we've had in our own sexuality while also being sex coaches, because we are not immune from doing this work ourselves. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're right here doing the work with you. Mm -hmm. We're about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to go deep and we don't even know where this conversation will go, but anytime two women that love sex talk about sex, I imagine only good things will come from that. So Um, I'd love to start off too with Serena, you giving an intro. I imagine most of our listeners know who you are at this point. Um, Serena makes the wheels on the bus go round (laughs) at Sex and Love Go. She's been like instrumental in our business staying just so smooth. And she, if anything is getting executed, Serena has her hands on it. Um, one of the most talented, open-hearted and loving coaches that I know. And I'd love for you to give the listeners a little taste of who you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. I It's funny that you referenced the wheels on the bus because my entrepreneurial archetype is mechanic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I figuratively do help the wheels go round and round for Sex and Love Co. I'm happy to be a member of the team and a coach on the team as well. I'm so lit up in doing this work and touching the lives of spiritual baddies. Mm. Oh, I like that. Spiritual baddies. So good. Um, And what type of sex coaching really lights you up? I'd love to zoom in on that for a minute too. So we each have our own sort of niches within the company, but what is it in particular about sex, love, and relationship coaching that really lights you up? So there's two things. One is kink and discovering these deeper, sometimes shadowy, dark, dungeon-esque 
parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily get to explore in day-to-day life and what those parts of ourselves can teach us about our day-to-day life and how we navigate it. So really helping people understand their kinky side and utilize it in lieu of self-development and personal development. Mm. So that lights me the fuck up. And I love talking about kink. I'm an experimentalist myself, and I just love exploring and trying things. And if they don't work, that's okay. And if they do, even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So true. And I love that, you know, at least in my experience. So what I really love to teach is embodiment. I love to teach about how whatever emotions and feelings that you may be experiencing, how to bring them through the body in full expression, which by default then helps to translate that expression in the bedroom. Because when we're blocking ourselves from sadness, grief, anger, we're most likely unknowingly blocking ourselves from pleasure too. And I know you know that. And um, for me, the connection is the thing that I love to teach the most is also the thing that I've been the most challenged in learning myself. And I'm curious if that has been the same for you when it comes to kink. Is there a part of your own story and your own sexuality that led you to learning and wanting to teach others about kink? And what does your current sex life look like when it comes to kink? Mm. So the second part of the first question was that I really enjoy helping others who are nerds about personal development. I get so excited. I'm like, yes, you're showing up. You're doing it. This is so good. And part of my drive to stepping deeper into the world of kink and BDSM is I love learning and working on myself. I'm such a fucking nerd about life. It's unreasonable. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Let me soak everything up that I possibly can. And sex is so fun. I've always been a sexual creature. We all are, um, some more than others. And I would classify myself in the more than others category. So I like to be kinky. I love being able to express myself. And yes, I grew up in a Catholic family. Sex was not something that was talked about. I experienced um, sexual trauma. And so I learned that sex was bad. And part of this work is me learning just how deeply sex can be good. Mm. So good. The best. (laughs) (laughs) I know I have goosebumps thinking about it. Mm. So tell me then about a time recently where sex has been really good. Can you paint a picture for us of a recent, just delicious, powerful, transformational, or just really pleasurable sex experience? Yeah. So as you ask that, I'm going to be completely honest and a little vulnerable, and I'm Mm -hmm. kind of sweating and answering this. Um, My partner, husband, and I have been presently working through sustainable sex life, creating a sustainable sex life. And we've been really fucking busy this past month. And so we haven't been 
as sexually active as we normally are. And so there hasn't been a recent jaw-dropping experience. Just having sex, getting <laughs> getting the opportunity to have sex has been the life-changing experience. And this is part of the work too. I think people think sex coach and think, oh, we're you know tying each other up all the time and every week we're creating scenes and pulling out toys and- from the chandeliers <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't always look like that it looks like that yes and it doesn't always look like that so mm. for me being able to have a partner that is just as excited and and talking about sex and having sex and wanting to create a life full of exploration and sex is what is most exciting to me and mm. dropping to me. I feel so blessed to have a partner that is right there ready to do the thing with me. Mm. I love that. I love that you named that you're just being honest about where you're at. I think that is so true. I used to hold that belief about Alexa that every time she had sex, it was just, like I said, swinging from the chandeliers, multi-orgasmic, had like three men just like doting on her at all times, right? And it's just not the case. So normalizing all types of sex, including what I would call maintenance sex, right? Of like, there's no bells and whistles here, but we know that this is important for us to maintain the health of the relationship. So I'm curious because I just love talking about sex. What does a quickie look like for you all? Is there like does he know how to approach you? Are you the one that's approaching him? Is it just like in and out and then we're good. We both get off and then we go on about our day. Like, let's take a look behind the curtain there. Mm. Well, we play a lot with roles. And so we do a quick check-in. Are you, are you good with daddy? Do you want daddy? Do you want something else? And so, or maybe I'll request it and I'll just be like, daddy, (laughs) I'm here. I want to play. So we will both come on to each other and the daddy baby dirty talk can really get us there quickly. Mm -hmm. So it might look like him saying, go to the bedroom, grab your favorite toy, the Hitachi, by the way, for anyone wondering, and play with yourself until I get in there. Mm -hmm. And so I'll do that. And he comes in, he's in and out (laughs) and we have maintenance sex. So good. I was watching. um, So last night, the Netflix series, Sex, Love and Goop came out. um, And have you had a chance to watch it yet, Serena? No, not yet. I'm so excited too, though. Oh, it's so good. It makes me so happy that this work is becoming so much more mainstream um, and normalized and they are taking real life couples and they're working through their crunchy sex lives. And it is so potent. And one of the things that, uh, Michaela Bohm is one of the uh, facilitators that comes in and she is helping a couple to work through. They're in a lot of resentment. So they've had this sort of mother son dynamic that's not kinky (laughs) it's more of a she's taking care of him and criticizing him and he's just wanting to do right by her and I know that dynamic was really present for me in my marriage where 
I could be really critical of Chris. And all he wanted to do was make me happy. And I was so frustrated internally because I didn't know what to tell him to make it better. I just knew what he was doing wasn't working. And so in this dynamic, the facilitator said that having archetypes or roles that you step into can actually be really beautiful in terms of stepping out of one identity and into another. And so the partner, the male partner had had a hard time really owning his sexual energy. So they nicknamed him like King Rama. And so when he stepped into that identity, you could see his body language changed. His shoulders came back. He stood taller. He felt more grounded in his balls. Like you could just feel he actually embodied a king. And I don't know about you, but I want to fuck a king. Like that just instantly (laughs) turned me on. So I love that you two have that dynamic where you drop into a different energy and that can really help, I imagine, with the polarity too of maybe you were both in work mode before and now all of a sudden you feel more sexual energy running through you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that share. And I am really excited to open up Netflix and watch that show. I've been hearing so many people talk about it. And similarly to you, I'm like, yes, thank you for normalizing this. This is so beautiful because that dynamic is common in mm-hmm. really unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so I love that it's being highlighted and worked through in real time. And interestingly enough, so my partner is a teacher and he gets home from dealing with rascals all day and he wants to decompress and relax and maybe have some alone time. And I work from home. I'm on my computer. I'm ready to be touched physically and jump all over him. And our polarity has been off as we navigate that time each day. Mm. And so something we talked about last night actually was me stepping into more of the dominating role when he gets home from work and playing with that because we both have some switch in our BDSM kink astrology chart. (laughs) So I'm excited to play with that and see how that flows and give myself a new role to step into and to give him a new Mm. role to step into too. So yeah, it can look like and be anything that we want it to be, which is so fun, sexual expression. Yeah. I love that you normalize too. Um, So this conversation to me is so important because we want to normalize again that yes, we coach in this capacity and yes, we've had lots of years of training and we've taken courses and certifications and embodiment practices. And we've paid you and I, I know collectively probably tens of thousands of dollars on our own education so that we can show up in this role and we are constantly doing the work ourselves. So you having a conversation with your husband about how you can have a better sex life is so great and refreshing to hear because I think we're taught societally that sex should be easy. The attraction should always be there. And if it's not, something is wrong and broken and it's your partner's fault and you should leave the, uh, the relationship so that you can find somebody that has more passion easily. It's like, no, we have to work on these things. And I know for me that the, the criticism 
was a really hard thing for me when I was married to get past because I didn't know how to have healthy conversations with my partner around what I wanted differently. And it's interesting. I'm already bumping up against the same thing now that I'm single. And I think it's a perfect example of the patterns that we have don't disappear. You have to actively work on them, right? Yeah, Yeah. so true. Yeah, like we're the common denominator. And so if I think this thing's going to disappear by jumping from partner to partner, I'm sorely mistaken. And I had this cosmic giggle the other day because in my connection with other men is still showing up, which is that I am constantly learning how to teach men how to touch me. And I don't know if that will ever be something that I'm not involved in. I think that is a part of being with a new sexual partner. And even when I have a sexual partner for a long period of time, I imagine there will be more and more iterations of me sharing, how do I want you to touch me without it being critical, without me doing it in a way where you shut down, where you feel wrong or guilty. And the last thing I want to do, which is something I did in my marriage, is my partner would feel really bad. He would have these negative associations with sex because he didn't know how to please me. And here's the thing, whether you realize it or not, I know for me, I, even if I wasn't saying it, he could feel the criticism in my body. Mm-hmm. He could feel the judgment. It almost brings tears to my eyes because I, I feel so, so sad for that part of our, our marriage that I didn't know how to show up differently and I didn't know how to give him feedback. And I love that you just named a really beautiful example of let's talk about sex outside of the bedroom and not in the middle of the thing that you're doing. How can I make you right? How can I find something I do like that you're doing and then show you with my body what I want more of so that you can keep being in the wind with me, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Absolutely. And I'm curious, Bren, since you've noticed this pattern and have been able to get more personal with it, what have you learned about yourself? Mm -hmm. And what are some ways that you've learned work for you? For those who are listening and might connect with this pattern themselves, you know, how would you tell others to navigate that? Like, yeah. how do you tell a man, this is how you touch me? You're, you're doing it wrong. Don't do that. Ah. Right. <laughs> yes. So first I started to break the pattern by actually figuring out what I liked, right? That was the first part of that is with Chris, I couldn't ever figure out how to tell him something different because I didn't know. I just knew that doesn't feel good. So of course, uh, the way that I showed up was a lot in criticism because I didn't have any affirmative feedback for him because I didn't know it myself. And it wasn't until I took the erotic blueprint and I learned how highly energetic I am that I started to really understand fast and intense touch doesn't work for me. It short circuits me. My clitoris will get cold. (laughs) Like I can't. operate with hard and fast touch. And unfortunately for a lot of my sexual partners who never learned sexual development, that was all they knew. Like, let's go at it fast and hard and I'm going to 
desire you and it's going to be jackrabbit-like. And of course, I didn't enjoy that. I just didn't have the words for that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have that understanding of sex, that it's fast and hard because of porn. And a lot of people weren't educated in it. Totally. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's sometimes I like it that way, but I need a buildup and I need to be way more in my body before that type of sex happens. Mm -hmm. Is that the same for you? Yep. I'm like, yes, yes. And so over time, I learned I love tension and the buildup. So what I now do with new partners is I have these conversations early on. This doesn't mean that it's mind-blowing from the fucking get-go. I will say that. Like, I'm still in the practice of share. We have sex. Then we come out of that experience and then we talk about it and we course correct, and I affirm what worked really well. Um, But I'm still learning. Like, how do I help this person do right by me so that also I can do right by them too? And so the things that I now share that help them are, like, I want you to tease the fuck out of me. So make me beg for it. I don't want you to touch me for the first 10 minutes that we're in bed together. That could mean like you hovering your hands over my vulva you breathing down the side of my neck. Like I'm getting turned on just talking about it. Um, You taking your hands and like hovering them all over my body really slowly and seeing like what part of me lights up when you do it. And who was taught to have sex this way? I certainly wasn't. So of course, this partner that I just met, he's not necessarily gonna know that this is a way that I like to have sex energetically. Like we've been taught for the most part, I was taught sex is penis and vagina and penis ejaculates and sex is over. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now I'm sharing with you a way that I can feel so erotically satisfied and I may not even come and I still feel electric, alive. My body is buzzing. So I talked to them about teasing. I talked to them about building tension. I talked to them about eye contact. That's really important for me. So if I feel the disconnect during sex, I start to get in my head. And I imagine there are a lot of listeners that have felt that way too, right? Where all of a sudden I'm wondering, and where did my partner go? He doesn't seem present. Um, I can feel energetically when you're not there. And so I will do things also during sex that help to connect me and my partner again, like a hand firmly on the chest, or I'll say, look at me. Like, I want you to look at me. And I'm not always perfect at this. Sometimes the way the pattern still shows up for me is I go into endure mode. Like, I'll go into people pleaser, endure. And it's not to say that I'm enduring from a place of like wrongness. The sex still feels good. It's just not the type of sex I love. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, there's a bit of a a shame cycle that will occur. Like, Bryn, you know better you're a coach, you teach people this for a living, but I'm very much still figuring it out and doing the dance alongside everyone. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I, Mm -hmm. I can relate to your share. And I know that there are so many people that can relate to so many elements of that. And you talked about not even coming and still enjoying that experience. 
And that is another thing that I have found in my dating career and relationship career that we're so conditioned to think that orgasming equals successful sex. And that's not necessarily the case. And my husband has been thankfully studying sexual development and personal development, and he was doing it on his own years before we connected and committed to each other. And even still, he'll get out of doing the deed and he'll say something like, you didn't orgasm and I'm feeling really bad about that. Mm. And we get to communicate about that and work through it together. And he knows that orgasming doesn't equal unsuccessful sex or successful sex. Like he knows that, but it's still a pattern that might show up. Mm. So true. How deeply rooted these things are from societal programming. The same thing happened for me a couple of weeks ago. I was having sex with someone new. We had been up super late. Um, we had also been drinking, which I know can impact for me absolutely the ability to orgasm and for him as well. And he didn't finish. And in my head for 10 minutes after, I'm like, I wonder if you enjoyed that. I wonder if there was something I could have done differently. And the way that I navigated through that is we went to bed. And the next morning, exactly like what you said your husband did, I brought it up. Even though I know differently, it still was on my heart the next morning. And I wanted to talk through and just see what was present for him. And the second I did, he was able to mitigate all of the spiraling that had happened. He was like, yeah, babe, I was just really tired. I was so into you. And then we also ended up having amazing sex the next morning when he was fully available. And so was I mentally, physically, emotionally. And I have no doubt that because we had that clearing conversation right before, it also led to better sex because there was more intimacy that had just been created. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm taking from our conversation so far and want to present the value in communication. And mm -hmm. it happens verbally, emotionally, physically. And it's so important. I was joking with one of my clients this past week because we somehow got into this meta conversation about having a conversation about the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Been there I'm before. Like, yeah. I'm like, isn't being a conscious couple so fun? You get to have <laughs> conversations about the conversation. Oh, gosh. Isn't that the truth? Oh. Well, I'd love to pivot for a second and hear about, so we've talked about things that we've been working on. We've talked about things that have maybe been challenging for us to admit as coaches or to share with others. What's something you're really proud of when it comes to your sex life? Mm, thank you for asking. I, I am so proud of my ability to receive love, mm -hmm. to receive touch, affection, and it excites me so much. I'm creating a space for myself to actually receive more love. Like I'm talking, mm -hmm. you know, maybe gangbang or group sex. I just, I want to be the center of it all and I want to be touched all over. 
and just be in full-blown receive like I never have been before because Mm. the traumas that I mentioned earlier and that I experienced in my childhood, I didn't receive love and I certainly didn't know how to receive love and I didn't trust the love that I was receiving and therefore wasn't present in actually receiving it and feeling it for a long time. Yeah, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about that. And to be where I am now, to be a sex coach, to be in my body, to fully be present and to receive love is something I I couldn't even tell you how proud of myself I am to be able to be here now and to have that experience. And I look forward to expanding it too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think that is our job, maybe our main job, but certainly a really important one. As human beings, I fully believe our development is solely around or majority around how deeply can you expand your ability to hold pleasure, hold all emotions, and by doing that, your ability to hold pleasure. And so your expansion of how much love can I hold? I love that journey so deeply because like, what an incredible thing to feel. And I know I've certainly been in moments where it feels overwhelming, the amount of love, the amount of touch, the amount of pleasure. And I will sometimes consciously or subconsciously shut it down because it's, it's so new to let that run through me and to receive it. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm curious, what are some things you've done to get better at receiving it and holding it? Mm. Well, starting small, receiving compliments, actually taking a moment to pause, to put my hand on my heart, to feel the sensations in my body, to connect to my emotions. What does receiving this compliment feel like? And Also sharing in those emotions with others, saying, I feel this, this is what's happening in my body, just deepening my presence and awareness every single day was step one. And creating intentional, safe experiences for myself to continue to receive love. So maybe having Mm -hmm. a conversation with a friend and saying, hey, this is something I'm working on. And I would love for you to be aware of this and to feel free to compliment me, love on me, hug me. Like this is something I'm I'm asking for help in and support mm. in. Can are you willing to do that? Can you meet me here and support me in this? And I had amazing people in my life that were able to meet me there. And I even the night before. I got married. I had a women's circle and my husband had a men's circle. And that was our quote unquote bachelor bachelorette party the night before the wedding. And in the circle, I cried to these beautiful women in my life and just shared how challenged I have been in receiving love, especially Mm. from other women Mm. and asked for them to be a part of sending love to me. So I laid on the floor, had rose petals and crystals adorned all around me, on me. 
I had a woman singing to me. I had people caressing me. I had a woman mm-hmm. who freestyled a poem to me and how much I've inspired her. I was, the bawling didn't stop. It continued. Um, and that's a more extreme example of an intentional space that I created for myself where I felt safe to receive love. I love, gosh, loved everything you just shared. And I had this moment of, I'm so glad you just named this because this is connected to receiving more pleasure in sex. But if I had just shared that story flat out without context, people may say, how does that connect? Well, you're building your capacity over time to hold more. And it's so beautiful to hear you ask for the the type of love that you want to receive and then working through the discomfort of being able to really sit in and hold it and how that directly correlates to the amount of love and pleasure you can receive in partnership. So powerful. And my journey has been very similar um, in the working on holding more, working on feeling more because I was essentially taught, reinforced to numb it, to shut it down. It happened actually a lot during my marriage where I wanted so badly to model my leadership style after my husband. And I saw him being very analytical, logical, and cutthroat. And so to me, I associated success with turning everything off and just being really cut and dry. And I turned off I would say my greatest superpower, which is my ability to feel. And I did it for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so my practice has been coming back to the body and feeling more and holding more. And one of the practices my coach has done with me that I now do with my clients is the second I see them in any emotion, I love catching them in bliss and joy, but I also make sure to do it with sadness or anger. I'll just say, like I'll see the, their body language shift. There may be tears in their eyes or tension building or a smile on their face. And I'll say, what are you present to? I'll have them name the emotion. So they'll say, I'm feeling really grateful. I'm feeling really joyful. And I'll stop and I'll say, great, can we feel this together? And I'll give them permission to feel. And then I give myself permission to hold them in it, to feel it with them, which is such a gift as a coach. And I know with my coach, it's going to get a little in the woo, but we essentially, every session we come together, he helps me to build my uh, endurance in holding pleasure in my body. So he is really connected and he can feel when I lose it and he'll go, okay, did you feel you just dropped it for a second? See if you can connect back to your heart space. And it has been profound in learning how to stay in it and seeing also how quickly my body wants to shut it off. Like, this is a lot. I'm holding it and I'm holding it in the presence of a really safe and secure man. I don't know how to do this. And all of the stuff starts to spiral. And it's not even necessarily a thought. It's just my body going, nope, we don't, we don't know how to be here. And so I'm practicing being there so that when I'm in partnership again, cool. I've been doing these reps at the uh, (laughs) somatic gym for months now. Yeah. I love that perspective of endurance. And it's something that during sex, 
through listening to your story, I realized during sex, I have also been working on my ability to receive love and pleasure. And I call it my pleasure cap. And I like to push the edge of the amount of pleasure. I'm like, can I hold this for 10 more seconds? Can Mm. I feel this for 10 more seconds? Mm -hmm. And I allow myself to just push that edge, you know, immediately after orgasms in the past, I would throw the vibrator away or turn it off immediately once I was done um, or push my partner off of me right afterwards, because that was as much as I could handle. It was this intense, immense pleasure. And I almost felt like I wasn't allowed to feel it. Mm. And since then, now I've learned to push my own endurance levels and to push that pleasure cap and to hold it. A little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I love that. The pleasure cap. I'm totally going to borrow that. (laughs) So good. And I remember reading a post, I think it was by Dominic Cortuccio, who talks a lot about men and sexuality and how he is helping men to show up better for their partners. And there was a post he wrote about, um, Can you imagine if after your woman orgasms, you just hold her in it? Like you put your hand over her vulva and you show up so that she has no expectation of reciprocation. And I remember when I read it, I instantly started to cry. And I'm paraphrasing. You can go find the post on his page, but there was something about how that was a rewiring of my nervous system of oh, there are men out there that will allow me to just sit in this. And I don't have to go back to this keeping score where it's like, okay, I come now you have to come and I have to, you go down on me. I have to go down on you. And I've actually worked on that since with my clients of again, talking about programming that is societally ingrained. One is that when you orgasm sex is over. Another one I think that's really common is I go, you go you give, I give. And rewriting that narrative and not feeling guilt or shame around receiving and just fully indulging in it um, has been one that I've definitely worked on. So I don't remember why I brought that up, but it was a profound moment for me in my rewiring of what sex can look like. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know exactly why you brought it up, but (laughs) I will say that we are all in this journey together and it can be something as simple as seeing a post on social media that provides a deeper knowing or an aha. It could be listening to this podcast. It could be hearing a story from your friend and resonating and receiving. So it's Mm -hmm. there it's all around you, all the tools and resources that we need to be on this journey. They're there. Mm, I love that. Um, So I want to end this conversation with one more question around what is it specifically? Because I think our listeners, I imagine they will enjoy this is what is it you as a sex coach are excited to learn and develop whether that's in your own education, then and eventually your sex life. Like what's a topic that's really lighting you up that you can't wait to bring to your clients and also your own relationship? Ah, 
<laughs> Without a scream? <laughs> yes. Um, it's the cutest scream I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just expressing, okay? Um, <laughs> You're safe to express. Thank you. So I say that because uh, it's definitely polyamory and exploring the ins and outs of that it is so expansive and there is so much to know from hierarchy to non-hierarchy to triads to I don't even know all the different names of all the different geometry shapes of types of relationships that can happen there's a z shape and just all kinds of different shapes and so I am really excited about diving into that further and implementing it in my own relationship. It's something that we've talked about and we get to explore, but we're definitely not there yet. That's okay. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, it lights me the fuck up that anytime I'm learning to serve myself, it will by default, serve my clients more. And that what a rewarding profession we have chosen where by doing more work on ourselves and being motivated to work on our sex lives and relationships, we show up better for our clients and therefore they have better results. And it's like, fuck, we are so lucky. I pinch Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for asking that question. It's not something that I yet feel fully embodied and safe and comfortable in and so my response was ah Um, (laughs) but I am so excited about learning more and implementing it and integrating it and seeing where it takes me and my husband Mm. I applaud you for sharing so vulnerably and I know that's something you do really well and um, I'm excited for the people you work with, but most importantly, you and your partnership and your love and how that will uh, support your love and growing over the many, many years to come. So that feels really exciting. Mm. Thank you. Of course. Um, I know for me, what is coming up is it's two things. I already named the energetic blueprint earlier in the show. And for those of you that want to know your blueprint, It's a free resource. If you type in erotic blueprints quiz, it'll come right up. Uh, The creator Jaya has a a free website where you can go and take the quiz and learn your blueprint. And then if you want to go deeper into what those mean and look like in your sex life, that's where you hire a coach to help you. Um, And for me, exploring the, the depths of my energetic will be so exciting because I fully believe I am capable of rolling energetic orgasms. And I'm excited to play in that realm because I think there is a well of untapped energetic potential, just like living inside of my pussy. (laughs) And I'm definitely excited to play with that. And so for anyone that has the energetic blueprint and wants to learn more, that really excites me. And then the 
because I saw a, a piece of it start to blossom when I was at the erotic kink weekend with our team back a few months ago in the summer. And there were a couple of support staff at the weekend that played with energy. And I had a, an assistant at one point just hovering her hands over my vulva, my heart, and I was just starting to like writhe in pleasure. So I feel like there's a lot more there to explore. Um, and then the second thing that's really been on my heart, um, which there's no coincidence here, is us the cervix, learning how to work with my cervix, learning how to open her, to sensitize her because she's been so desensitized and learning what opening and trusting the patience and the just the process of what it is to work with your cervix. And for anyone who's started to do that, you know it is a process. Mm-hmm. It's not like the clitoris where if I just want my vibrator and to like rub one out really quick, she knows how to get off and I can orgasm every time. My cervix is so delicate and so sensitive and has this mind and body of her own. And really I can feel how much, again, untapped potential is there. And so I'm excited for to learn and really dive into both of those areas. Thank you for sharing that. I mm-hmm. love that. And you are the queen of orgasms. And, you know, I just think of your own your orgasm program and mm-hmm. how deeply meaningful it is for you to continue to show up for yourself and to share your work with other women. And the cervix is a place where women can hold pain and drama and there's layers and layers to it and I'm just so proud of you for the work that you do and I feel so lucky to be a part of the journey and to witness you in that so thank you Mm. thank you Serena I love you so glad we get to do this work together I'll say it again I pinch myself all the time we really have a great career. (laughs) So, uh, all right, my love. Well, let's close our delicious, juicy, sexual, vulnerable conversation with, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with today about your sex life, about their sex life, anything on your heart or pussy that you would like to share? Yeah. What's on my heart and pussy is to an invitation for everybody to pause to feel their body to feel their sensations to connect to their sensations and feel their emotions and to allow yourself to experience a deeper level of pleasure allow yourself to push the edges of your pleasure how much can you hold how much can you feel so good Let's all see where that pleasure cap is and then work towards, if you so desire, stretching it just a little bit every time. And I'm definitely going to take that visual for myself going forward. So I so appreciate that. And it's always so fun getting to connect with you and hear your wisdom and magic. And I'm grateful our listeners get to hear more about your story and more about the work that you're doing. And I just love this concept of peeking behind the curtain, letting people see 
what is real in our sex lives. I think this Mm -hmm. conversation was so important. So thank you, my love. It was a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you, Brinsky. (laughs) Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.